0: Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to a new episode of Field Days, an award-winning podcast about news and hot topics related to the Michigan Department of Corrections. Here are your almost-witty hosts, Chris Gouts and Greg Straub.
1: Hello and welcome to a new episode of Field Days Podcast. I'm Greg Straub, joined as always by the department spokesperson, Chris Gouts. Chris, let's talk today about one of our really great programs that we have inside of our prisons. That's really making a difference. You know, we always talk about offender of success and have people walk out the doors towards a path of, of success down the road. And I think this program does just that. So I'm excited to talk about our Pell programs. We have a wonderful guest on today from education. Tony, welcome to Field Days Podcast. Thank you for
0: coming on. Thanks for having me. So
1: why don't, we, why don't you talk about who you are and kind of what you do for the department?
0: Tony Costello. I'm the assistant education manager for the department. I've been in that role for going on seven years now. I've been with the department. It'll be 20 years in April, so hard to believe. but. uh Started off as a teacher back in Ionia at Hanlon, and then uh, became a school principal over to Bellamy. Did that for 10 years, and then uh, took the job with central office. Uh, first, I was the acting education manager for a year, and then the assistant education manager.
1: Well, Chris, he, he's very modest. You know, we, we were talking before the podcast, and he, he's so much more than just that. So <laughs> yeah. much more just a teacher or uh, education manager. He officiates high school football and basketball games. He's 7th grade basketball coach at Portland, and...
2: Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. the so kind of employee talk that we want. Talk basketball <laughs> <day>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for sure.
1: Busy. <laughs> yeah, which is great. And, and we appreciate you coming on, Tony. Thank you so much. Because this is this is a great program. And so let's let's get into it and let's let's get into kind of the details of it. So talk about the Pell program for those of you like me who don't know much about the program. Where is it at? What's it doing?
0: Well a little background. Uh, two thousand sixteen the feds put out an RFP for an experimental sites. Pell Initiative. They reached out to different states and let colleges basically put in grant applications to offer programs, uh, bringing back the Pell Grant. Three colleges in Michigan received the funding, Jackson College, Delta College, and Mott Community College. They all decided on business degrees, some entrepreneurship also in there, with the goal being associate's degrees. Actually, Jackson received the most amount of PELs for a single college in the country. They received 1,305, so they have been doing a lot with us for a couple years before that with the Second Chance Grant and things like that, so I think that helped with them get that. We started it in January of 2017 and have slowly expanded it out. currently have 742 prisoners enrolled. That was as of the end of last semester, which was winter semester in December, at eight different facilities, Cooper Street, Cotton... Parnell, now Gus Harrison, Women's Huron Valley, St. Louis, temporary actually STF, Saginaw, and TCF.
1: The prisoners are going towards an associate's degree and they're focusing on business and entrepreneurship? Is that what yes, you're saying? Yes, yes. Okay, interesting. That's good to know. How, how do prisoners get into this program, or how do we identify who gets this
0: program? There's actually an application process at the facilities and say, hey, if you meet our screening criteria, send in a kite and let us know that you're interested, and then they actually the college is screening. But our screening criteria is they have to have a GED or high school diploma. They have to have an earliest release date between 30 months out and eight years out, so that will allow them to finish the program. We At first, we were talking about, You know, just letting anyone up to five years, because that was the original number, was five years. But when they're like, well, if they're going home in six months, you know, they're they're not going to be able to get anything out of it other than a couple classes. So we wanted for them to get an actual degree out of it. We make them be 12 months misconduct free, class one. You know, so they show that they're going to stay out of trouble because if they're catching tickets, things like that, then they're going to miss classes. One or two custody level. And then there's some stuff at the federal level that they make them when they screen them. They have to have been enrolled with selective service. That's actually been one of our issues, getting some people qualified. They didn't enroll in selective service between the ages of 18 and 25. They're technically not approved for Pell. There is an appeal process for that, especially if they've been locked up that whole time. Those that defaulted in student loans also wouldn't qualify for the program program, but they can start a repayment plan. The colleges work with the feds on that. The guys will send like 30 bucks a month to kind of catch up. After a couple months, they'll let them enroll in the program.
2: And I don't think we can underscore the importance of the, the reemergence of Pell because, uh, I don't know if you know the history, but I, I know it's, it was decades uh, if if not longer that the, the country went without the ability to have post-secondary you know, education provided in prisons and uh, that's right, it's been a long time. When President Obama uh, announced this program in the last year of his presidency this was the first time in a long time that we were able able to offer college programs like this to prisoners?
0: Yeah, everything we'd offer before had been self-pay, you know, when you're paying $500 to $800 per class for a lot of our prisoners, that's a ton of money. I mean, <laughs> yeah. w- making what they make, working inside, is not going to pay for that. So right,
2: and, and just like on the on the outside, what Pell provides is the ability for these prisoners, like you said, who don't have the financial means, it allows them a chance to get in the door and, and take these programs, because like you said before, it was only people who got uh, grants to like Second Chance and Vera, or it was self-paced individuals who were already well off financially that could afford to take these classes. And now we open, it up, open up the doors to, to lots of people that otherwise wouldn't have had a chance at a college education.
0: We've all seen the statistics. The more education we could get someone, it, it lowers the recidivism. And there's a lot of studies out there. The RAND study in 2014, it was very conclusive that the money we spend on these programs, we get back on return on investment in terms of them being employed and not incarcerated.
2: And for people who, especially our listeners who have you know kids in high school or, or in college now, they're probably very familiar with, with Pell. But you, can you explain just for those who aren't what exactly a Pell grant is? and and what it provides uh, them?
0: It's a grant from the federal government that basically pays for books, tuition, supplies, that type of thing. It varies year by year depending on the number the feds give. I believe it was around $5,200. That's used to help these guys attend classes. And one thing that we've talked about a little bit is that it's not taking away from... The outside, you know, my kids, your kids is allotment. It was a special program created as an experiment that was taken out of, you know, separate monies. These guys getting, and, and women getting these monies is not taking away from anybody else's Pell Grant funds.
2: Yeah, I think that's really important to say because we we do hear that from time to time. One, people are just sometimes just offended or upset that the prisoners could even take college programs. And we've been over this numerous times about why it's why it is important for prisoners to do that because you want somebody to come out with a college degree rather than come out with a street degree, right? <laughs> and, and then live next door to you or live next door to your your family members and go back to life of crime. Far better to have a college educated person come out of prison than, than not. So correct. Uh, or or, or a vocational. And, and and again, I think it's great too that they're learning the business degrees, and especially the entrepreneurship, because we've heard that time and time again that some of these courses that prisoners can take or other colleges that offer things but entrepreneurship is really where it's at because even though we're making strides, leaps and bounds in terms of re-entry and getting companies to hire people sometimes people still have trouble finding a job but if you learn an entrepreneurship and you can start your own business you can guarantee that nobody is going to not hire you. You, you. you can help those coming out. And then you can hire other people yeah so I think it's I think it's really important that they're learning that. Now we've only been through this a little bit so have we had any graduations yet?
0: This is the second year You know we we started in uh, January 2017, so this is actually about two years. So Jackson said they will have some people graduating soon. We've had people graduate, but they were second chance grant right. or I've uh, been to some of self pay.
2: Now for the Pell, you know, we got the state got thirteen hundred and in, uh, in some Pells. Now is that just for one year, or does that carry? Is that pay for them throughout their time until they get their degree? How, how does that? They're renewable
0: the every year, and it's actually okay. the state got fourteen hundred and seventy-five. Jackson got thirteen hundred five. Okay. So Delta and Mott got the other ones. They're they're renewable every year, and, and uh, it was just announced that they were going to renew for another year, because this was a couple year experiment. Obviously, the, the feds can decided any time they don't want to do it anymore. Mm -hmm. And there was some concern with that with the new administration coming in, but so far the Trump administration has supported it.
2: That's really good because, as hopefully many of our listeners saw a few months ago, Dr. Washington and Secretary Wetzel, who's a friend of the pod and has been on before, co-authored an op-ed in in USA Today after the First Mm -hmm. Step Act was passed and championed the idea that we need to continue the the Pell program and keep it going because of all the things you mentioned, the RAND study uh, and and the importance of college education. So I'm very happy to to hear that that uh, Secretary DeVos uh, and the Trump administration are continuing this program uh, and seeing it as part of the whole reform in criminal justice and and wanting to move that forward and the First Step back was obviously a big piece of that, so I'm glad that they recognized that. And it wasn't an Obama-era program that, that died in the Trump administration, which many people might naturally think that might happen just because of it's a different party, but I think it shows that this is important across the spectrum.
0: There's a push. The Vera Corporation, who we worked with on the Second Chance Grant, is actually doing a lot of lobbying right now to make Pell permanent, not just an experiment anymore, but to make it for prisoners to be able to apply and, and get Pell like it used to be, you know, mm-hmm. not just... A program that could end whenever.
2: Yeah, if, if they did that, w- would it still be an allotment? I mean, I'm sure in terms of like physical plant and, and, and just the classroom size. I don't know how much how, how much more do we think we could handle capacity wise. I mean, well,
0: the goal is within the next year to get up to the 1,475. Yeah, there are some challenges with space. There's challenges, you know, with the screening criteria, getting enough eligible people. Colleges have some challenges, you know, when they venture out a little bit farther from their region and uh, getting adjunct professors and that type of thing but we're working through all these things that we've got good partnerships with all the colleges that we're Working together to try to make this happen.
2: I just think it's such an exciting time to, to have those three colleges, plus you know Calvin with their prison initiative. It's just so exciting to see so many different avenues for prisoners to come out with with a college degree. In the case of Calvin, though, a lot of those are lifers, uh, and but they're going to go in with a degree that's going to help them become change makers inside of other prisons where they where they end up. There's just a lot of avenues now, along with the vocational village. I think probably more so than ever in our history, we're providing a lot of educational avenues for for these prisoners uh, to take before they get out, which is, just really exciting.
1: Tony, let's talk about this a little more from a facility level, too. Do you see this making a difference inside the facilities? Are we um, having less tickets? Are people more engaged in programming? What what are we seeing from a facility level?
0: The feedback I've gotten is that, you know, most of the prisoners that are involved in the program, they've shown a history of staying misconduct free, and that's kind of why we chose Mm them. They're putting some of them in the same housing units so they can create like these educational communities like they have at MTU and they can work together as a cohort, study together.
1: Well, I'm excited from a field perspective and being an FOA. These guys and and ladies start coming out of the facilities. With these degrees, I got to imagine that it's going to have an impact on employment and success rates and being on parole. So I'm excited. I know I know this is this is fairly new, and you know not a lot of people have been out.
0: Yeah, not a lot yet. So
1: no. you know I'm excited to see for the, from a field perspective.
0: Since Heather Gay, our education manager, took over, the focus has been on credentials. We yep. want state, and national credentials. We want college credentials. We want prisoners to go out and be able to show when they interview. You know, here I have something from NCCER, which is a nationally recognized building association, um, not something that says, you know, MDOC taught me how to, you know, (laughs) (laughs) weld
1: stuff or frame or weld or
0: things like that. So,
1: right. I can weld good. Yeah. No, you can't. No, you can't. (laughs) So Tony, we've had this program for two years now. Do we have any stats that we can share about
0: the program? Yeah, currently we have an enrollment of 701 students. Our goal is to get up to 1300 plus, which is our Pell allotment. We're starting to see some of the outcomes. Delta College is saying they're gonna have 10 students graduating this fall from the Pell program, which will be our firsts that are just in the program. Jackson College has had 82 graduate. They started off either as second chance grant prisoners or started off as self-pay and then transitioned into Pell, but they ended with Pell, so they've had 82, but they're also going to be having some coming up that graduate that have just been enrolled as Pell students. Some of the positive we're seeing out of the programs, too, are all three of them have cumulative GPAs from their students that are over 3.5. So we're seeing a lot of success in the program too as far as uh, students' grades.
2: So what does the future hold for Pell?
0: Like I said, we want to expand to get to our full allotment and to do that we're going to venture back out. We just got news that we're going to start offering classes at Lakeland in Coldwater this fall. Uh, we got some planning meetings with Word and Nagy down there to discuss exactly how we're going to do that, how many people were going to do that, but we're, we're excited about that. This fall, Mott Community College over at the Thumb is going to look at starting a social work tech. we we'll of students that go through towards an associates and social work tech and what made that happen was some changes in the laws vera has been working to kind of modify some of those things and give people more chances
1: i'm sure noah would be happy to have another program down there he's, he's got some good things going on there but doesn't it always weird to have somebody call him warden naggy yeah it I mean, th- 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 so sounds it doesn't sound normal does it i, I, I bumped on that too that was, that was a, little <laughs> a little yeah
2: different. yeah but I'm just glad that we're not talking about my GPA in college. So <laughs> I didn't know you went to college. But. <laughs> congrats to these students because they far surpassed my expectations.
1: It shows that you know this program isn't just out there for prisoners to be. It's actually making a difference, and it's you know it's going to have a, a huge long-term impact down the road when they get out to their success and getting jobs and being employed. So um, those are great numbers. Thanks for sharing those. Yep, no problem. Well, Chris, that's a pretty cool program we have going on here inside the prisons. Given prisoners education before they get out. You've said it many, many times.
2: Yeah, so I'm really glad that we have this program and that Michigan is a real national leader in yet another area. Mm -hmm. People around the country see Michigan uh, as really leading in this area, and I hope that our staff and and everyone around understands that and values that because Kyle and his shop and and Heather Gay and all of the education team just do an amazing job putting this program together and laying it out and all the professors and all the colleges that are involved and Director Washington's leadership on this has been really instrumental. So great that we have this, and I'm very happy to hear that it's going to be continuing.
1: That's right, and thanks to Tony for coming on and talking a little bit about the Pell Grants and what we are doing. So, hey, Chris, I see You know, we're, we're in your office right now. There's some booklets laying here. What, what's going on with these? These look very, very important.
2: They are. There was a pallet downstairs with several thousands of uh, pounds of 10,000 yeah, copies of... Yeah, I just moved of... this
1: big box <laughs> off of your desk and it was probably <laughs> 60 pounds. So,
2: Yeah, they're very heavy. Yeah, we, our new strategic plan is done. It's been printed. Uh, it'll be arriving shortly to a facility and field office near you, so it'll be online as well. Hopefully by the time you hear this, you'll either have had a copy or you'll be getting one very soon, and I Encourage everyone to read through it, take a look at it, and understand not just for your area, whether it's FOA or CFA or BOA, but on Take a minute to understand what's going on in the department globally, what all we're trying to achieve. It's a very, very ambitious plan that we will be accomplishing over the next uh, few years, but there's a lot to it. You know, this is our second one, the one that people that have been around, you know, the one that we had five years ago or so, was the first one we'd ever done, and there were a lot of things in there that we worked on. This one is probably, I don't know, probably twice as many objectives and yeah. things. It's There's a lot going on in there. A, a lot of people are going to be working on uh, a lot of things that are going to change, that people are going to see in their offices or in their facilities that are going to be a direct result of the vision that comes with this plan.
1: Yeah, you make a good point. You said it it is, think globally when you read these, because just because you read something and think, that may not apply to my area, you know, trauma-informed may not apply to my area. It does. Um, This is is a department-wide initiative and plan, so... Everything in this plan is going to impact every single employee that we have, even if it doesn't right now, it will in the, in the future. So give it a read if you want to hear the director talk about this. And she has her thoughts on this. And she told us all these thoughts on the podcast, right, Chris, a few months ago.
2: Yeah, then go back and, and definitely take a listen to that. We can provide a link to that in the uh, in the show notes for this, for this episode and when you get your email. So you can take a look and go back and listen to that one in case you missed it. But I don't know why anybody would have missed one of our podcasts. I mean, it's kind of a must listen,
1: well, Especially right? this one. I'm sure nobody's on spring break right now. No, uh, no and you know, nobody, C- not even including us. It's and, not and, like we recorded this a week or two yeah, ago. And, and warm weather and yeah. um, actually I'm not going anywhere but uh, <laughs> you bring up a good point Chris most kids are off this week for spring break and I know a lot of our staff enjoy this week and take this week off and enjoy family time in, in nice warm climates other than Michigan
2: and if they're not flying or even if they are whether you're not you're flying you can download it put your phone in airplane mode and listen to a whole bunch of episodes of the Field Days podcast while the, while the kids are crying or sleeping whatever they might be doing Absolutely. or on your on your drive to Florida or wherever you're going those are long drives <laughs> those are yeah. very long drive. if you want to put your kids to sleep if you've got a 15 <laughs> hour commute and you're driving from Michigan down to Florida and you want those kids to be asleep while you're heading down uh, down the highway. Blast this podcast. Blast this podcast. They'll be out. You can be informed about what's Chris's going on in there. smooth voice. Your-
1: yes. <laughs> Let those dulcet tones put the, kid- the kiddos to sleep. I'll <laughs> joking aside, Chris, there's some pretty important news. I, I saw some new pictures floating around Central Office, and I'm sure other offices are seeing this picture float around their offices.
2: Yeah, so not only are you going to be getting a copy of the strategic plan showing up in your office or in your facility, we will now have pictures of Governor Whitmer right. uh, to hang up on the walls. I know a lot of people have been asking about this. Some people have actually been kind of making do on their own. If people might remember a couple years ago when Director Washington, we took a while to get her picture up.
1: Well, this podcast, I think,
2: forced we, her into it. Por- yeah, oh, yeah. because of this podcast, you guys all have that picture of her. We kind of bet her that, that she had to have it done by the end of the year, otherwise I forget what what was the the circumstances. I think you were, you were fired. I think I was fired. Yeah, she didn't, yeah I was probably, I'm glad I'm still here. But Governor Whitmer has her pictures out, so we will get those up. And some facilities, we're printing out pictures like from the newspaper and putting them up just because they're so used to having a picture of the governor up there. So we will now have the, the official, official yeah. the official state portrait. Looks great. We're very happy to, to ha- be sending those all out, and we'll have those up at all of our field offices and facilities uh, all over the state.
1: Yeah, good stuff. And coming up this month, pretty important day. And we're going to do a podcast around what the department is doing. It's Earth Day, right?
2: Yeah, so this will come out. Earth Day is April twenty 22nd of this yep. year. So the, the week right before that, that Tuesday, we will have a podcast about Earth Day and all of the many areas in which we are doing to help green this department. We, there's a whole recycling team that Director Washington put together. We're going to be talking to some members of that team about sort of the myriad of ways in which this department has really, because when we think about how big our department is and the number of buildings, the number, the amount of electricity and water and everything that we use. Paper paper, absolutely. We consume and use a lot of material and a lot of energy. Changing that just by a little bit can That's make a, a make a huge impact. difference. Yep. And we saw that, in, oh, what, a month or so ago, End of January. Yeah, when we had the issue that Consumers power Energy was having, when they called us and asked us if we could turn down our uh, energy usage, just like they did for GM and Ford and, and those in, those. And houses
1: across the state. Right, yeah.
2: and some some of those big users uh, like us were, were turned ours down. So every little bit helps, and, and we are doing more than just a little bit. So it'll be great to have on some some of the folks there to, to really talk about all the ways in which you're doing some of which I'm not even aware of I'm sure well, uh, but we'll I know we'll learn going more about that. it on the podcast absolutely
1: yeah so that's, that's good stuff I'm, I'm glad you knew when, when uh, Earth Day was I shot that at you and um, that's, that's pretty good on your feet there Gouts
2: thanks um, thanks Siri
1: yeah Siri <laughs> yeah, well hopefully everybody is enjoying their spring break with their families if you're on spring break if not if you're just vacation at home hope you're enjoying your family and uh, make sure you tune in next week to a new episode of Field Days Podcast
2: as always thank you for listening we'd love it if you would help us spread the word about the podcast you can do that by subscribing to the
1: show on iTunes and leave us a review you can always follow the department on Facebook at M.I. Corrections and on Twitter at Michigan DOC as well as the FOA account at MDOC FOA and the CFA account at MDOC CFA and you can send any questions you have to the show using the
0: hashtag Ask Field Days until next time Thanks for tuning in to Field Days Podcast.